Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Lots of fireworks down on Capitol Hill regarding the Benghazi hearings and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Here with us, we have not one but two of the outstanding writers at the Weekly Standard, Stephen Hayes and also Thomas Jocelyn. Steve, you are at the hearings. What did you see today? Well, I, I was watching the hearings pretty closely, and, and it's been very interesting to listen to Secretary Clinton um, try to suggest that we should be we should have moved up beyond a lot of these issues that that were raised uh, at her hearings this morning. I mean, it, it's an interesting turn. It's probably a clever move by her to suggest that all of these answers have been or questions have been answered in the past four and a half months, and that really we need to focus on what's in front of us and focus on the future. In fact. Most of the questions have not been answered in the past four and a half months, and one of the reasons that Republicans were so eager to have Secretary Clinton up on the Hill to testify was precisely to ask her the specific questions about security beforehand, about uh, how the administration handled the, the attacks on September 11th in Benghazi uh, in real time, about the administration's response and the misleading narrative that they sold afterwards. Uh, and a lot of those questions did not get answered this morning. Well, did the Republicans ask the right questions, your opinion, Steve? You, I mean, you were there, you're watching them. They seemed pretty focused and pretty intent. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I mean, you know, this is Congress, so members like to hear themselves talk, and some <laughs> members talked longer and didn't have a chance to, to get off tough questions. Others did. There was a particularly interesting exchange between Senator Ron Johnson uh, from Wisconsin and Secretary Clinton, where he asked her several pointed questions about what had happened and, and wanted to know why the administration insisted that that these uh, attacks had grown out of protests on the ground. And Senator Johnson said, couldn't you have phoned the 25 to 30 survivors and asked them directly, were there protests? Did these grow out of protests? And you could have known the answer right away. And Secretary Clinton was very interesting. She, she pounded the table and, and got very animated and almost shouted down this line of questioning and said, there were four dead Americans. You know, our job was to, to find out what happened. And in sort of an interesting way, even as she was busy sort of trying to evade his question, she affirmed the premise of it, which was, we didn't know what happened. And then the obvious follow-up, which he didn't get to, to ask because right. she continued talking, was, uh, did, did we ever find out what happened? And if we knew what happened, uh, why, if we didn't know what happened, why was the administration out telling a story that it wasn't sure wasn't was true. Exactly. That was the part that, uh, as a Weekly Standard reader and guy watches at home, I was going crazy, Tom Jocelyn, watching the, uh, the Hillary Clinton say, we didn't know what was going on, and waiting for someone to ask, well, then why did everyone go on TV and tell us what was going on, which was that there was some video from some guy in California that caused this this uh, this attack. What, what, are, is no one going to ever bother to explain to us, Tom, why no one's finding out what really happened? Well, you know, there's an added wrinkle here, which is that uh, Hillary's, uh, Hillary Clinton's own people had concluded that there was no protest that, that sparked this. In fact, in October, it was the second week of October, I think, uh, her people actually briefed reporters uh, sort of uh, on the record but uh, without being attributed by name as to the details of what happened uh, that, that night in September 11th. And they went through it in very careful detail and, and elaborate how there were no protesters uh, in front of the, the consulate in Benghazi. There was no video evidence of protesters. Eventually, all they saw was just this basically this armed you know, group of terrorists come in and execute this assault. And they were asked by reporters very, very specifically, you know, well, then why, you know, who concluded that there was a protest that sparked this? Who concluded that there was some demonstration spiral out of control? And this is now this is Hillary Clinton, Secretary Clinton's own people said 
We don't know. You have to ask somebody else because that was never our conclusion. And very, and I think a very candid but funny way, uh, the, one of the, the, the administration officials said, not that we had a conclusion, but you just have to ask somebody else what, how they came to that conclusion. By the way, <laughs> so Tom Johnson, you and Steve Hayes have a great piece up at weeklystandard.com right now that kind of gives the big picture. Where do you think the issue of Benghazi is in the political world in D.C. and in the political world abroad in the minds of the average voter? Well, I, I think that in the elite world has mostly moved on or tried to move on from the story and, and try to portray it, you know, with some exceptions, but has tried to portray it as basically a non-story for the most part. Um, you know, it, it, there's sort of this very cavalier attitude that this is either uh, just purely a political matter or something that's not worth really the you know, careful scrutiny and careful, careful uh, sort of uh, reporting. But I think you see more and more reasons every day why that's not true. You see the New York Times this morning, they reported that there's evidence that perhaps these Egyptians who took place and who took part in the attack in Benghazi also took part in this kidnapping and hostage taking uh, raid in Algeria. So really, the, the terrorist network that was behind Benghazi really deserves a lot more fuller explanation and exploration, much more fuller explanation than the administration has given, for sure. I want to get back to, uh, to uh, Steve on the pedestrian, you know, down-in-the-mud politics of this, because that's where Steve likes to hang out. But while I've got an intellectual like you, Tom, the foreign policy aspect of this, the fact is foreign policy has been not great since Benghazi, and it's been getting worse and worse. I think the average person who pays attention at all, you know, and they don't, but when they look up, they go, oh my gosh, more killings, more dead Americans, more terrorist attacks. What happened to al-Qaeda on the run? Is that political aspect from the foreign policy uh, uh, angle playing a role on how the White House is trying to handle Benghazi and Hillary Clinton's testimony today? Well, I'll say this in terms of uh, Hillary's testimony. Um, you know, one of the things in her written testimony that I thought was really interesting was that she talked about all these diplomatic engagements that she has been carrying out around the world, uh, around the region, uh, both but both by her and her subordinates. And she says specifically that these diplomatic engagements, these meetings she's holding with all these different foreign countries, are basically to contain Al Qaeda's "quote unquote" syndicate of terror. Now, the way she described it is completely at odds with what the Obama administration said during the political season last year about Al Qaeda, and what some high-level Obama administration officials truly believe about the state of Al Qaeda. And it's interesting to see that this, this high-level official who has to deal with this, the reality of this in terms of what happened in Benghazi and otherwise, and you can judge your performance on that yeah, as you may. But when she's talking about what they're actually doing in terms of day-to-day -day business, it's all about containing the al-Qaeda threat. You know, Steve Hayes, uh, the fact that the Obama administration was not telling the truth about Benghazi early on was so obvious that even a dopey Boston talk show host had figured it out back <laughs> in October. Uh, why wouldn't the Republicans be wrapping the clear obvious in other words, these aren't misstatements that you have to explain to people the average person knew from the beginning this is what a joke this was never a right what are you kidding me right why don't they wrap that misdirection or some people say lie why wouldn't they wrap it around the obama administration if nothing but for pure political gain well i think they're trying to and some of the questioners uh, both in the senate on the Senate side this morning and, and uh, on the House side this afternoon have tried to, to do just that. Uh, but, but I think what Tom says is, is important. I mean, there is this, this attitude, particularly in the mainstream media, that, that Benghazi is a distraction, that this is a small thing, that it doesn't have any lasting import, and that it was really just something Republicans wanted to seize on and amplify in order to influence the November elections. One would think that the attention Republicans have continued to to pay Benghazi and its its various other uh, issues or, or sort of mm -hmm. uh, concentric circles emanating from Benghazi would put that to rest, but but it hasn't, and and there's been a reluctance of the mainstream media really to pay attention to this, and they're particularly I think disdainful of Republicans who want to ask those hard questions, which I believe are still not only relevant but very important 
to answer. Why was the administration pretending that it had a very clear picture of what had happened? I mean, remember, it wasn't in the aftermath of the attacks. It wasn't that the administration had come out and said, we really don't understand what was going on. Therefore, we're going to withhold judgment and not tell you. Instead, what they said was, we know exactly what happened. It was a video and it was a protest. And it turns out that they were dead wrong on both of those. And they still haven't been been made, I think, to answer for that in any kind of a clear and com- compelling way. Let me throw this to both of you. Uh, it's, the, one of the most base political instincts is revenge. Hey, you know, they get, they send one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue. And here we are four months later, the first ambassador killed on duty since, you know, Iran in the 70s. And not only is there nobody being tried for it, and not only has no one been whacked for it, there doesn't seem to be anybody in trouble. I don't think anyone even had to skip school or get a day of suspension over it. Is the Obama administration going to get away politically with the American people of saying, well, yes, some Americans died and there's nothing we can do about it? You know, the early indications are are that they will. Uh, you know, Tom has done some extraordinary reporting, both for the Weekly Standard and for LongWarJournal.com, where he also writes, uh, unearthing some of the activities of the terrorist groups that have been involved in Benghazi and, and that are operating in the area. And one of the things that he discovered, uh, along with others, was that the uh, Ansar al-Sharia Tunisia, which is either the same organization or, or an overlapping organization with the Ansar Sharia in Libya that conducted the attacks or participated, took photographs of the FBI agents in Tunisia to question uh, one of the suspects, one of the very few suspects that had been in custody, in the custody of the Tunisian government, and posted them online. Uh, they also... Uh, this Ansar al-Sharia Tunisia videotaped the release of this suspect uh, when he was let go by the Tunisian government, which the United States did not have forewarning of, uh, but apparently this terrorist group in fact did. So it's it's actually not only the case that no one has yet been, quote unquote, brought to justice, as we were promised so many times, it's that the terrorists involved in these activities uh, have been, in effect, humiliated the United States and, and the Obama administration and, and potentially even uh, jeopardizing the lives of those who are trying to solve, solve uh, answer these questions. You know, Tom Jocelyn, that sounds like a scene out of 24 that would have been cut for being too unrealistic. How can this be true that the bad guys know more about what the FBI is doing than we do? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the pictures of the FBI, I mean, basically when they released them, this, this group on Sarah Sharia Tunisia, they said, you know, they tried basically that the government tried to prevent us from taking these pictures. But, you know, more or less we stalked them and they were able to take these pictures and put them online. And, you know, look what the Tunisian government's doing, you know, to our fellow Tunisians, allowing the FBI to come in here and take these and take this, uh, this interview. Um, you know, but what's, what an added wrinkle there, too, is that Ansar al-Shariah Tunisia is the group that orchestrated the assault on the U.S. Embassy in Tunis on September 14th. That's just three days after Ansar al-Shariah and Libya, our members of that militia, were involved in the attack in Benghazi. And, you know, I think the administration and a lot of its surrogates uh, publicly have been trying to play disconnect the dots on a lot of this. But when you start connecting the dots, what you start seeing is this pattern of all these different individuals who have clear ties to al-Qaeda who are involved in these events. And as you keep adding more and more evidence along those lines, it becomes much more difficult for the administration or anybody else to explain it away and say, no, somehow this has nothing to do with al-Qaeda. One last question. We'll give it to you, uh, Steve. If you were uh, guiding the Republicans on 
where to go after the hearings with Hillary Clinton today and the, the playing of the what difference does it make card? Where, where would you suggest they start? Should they just let this slip away and move on, or is there a, a hill they should try to take? No, I mean, I think, I think this stuff really matters, not only because the administration wasn't straightforward with the American people in the immediate aftermath of these attacks, but also, and probably more, because of the policy implications of this. I mean, first, the, the president said, we have prov- provided to the American public every piece of information that we got as soon as it came in. That's patently false not true. And in fact, to this day, the administration is refusing to turn over to congressional oversight committees the background information, the details of the documents that led both to the putting together the drafting of the talking points that Susan Rice used and also the editing, which cut out references to al-Qaeda um, and terrorists. Uh, it's important to know why that happened. The administration and its intelligence uh, agencies have offered us literally five different contradicting explanations as to how those talking points were edited, and we still don't have a clear story. To this day, the administration hasn't provided one, and they're refusing to give us the kind of documents that would allow members of Congress to get a behind-the-scenes look at how that happened. And Steve, let me interrupt right there because there's something else, which is when did the president find out about Benghazi and what did he do? We still haven't been told that basic boring timeline part of the story. It's exactly right. We still know very little about uh, the death of Ambassador Stevens and how he was transported to the hospital and any of those uh, details that one would have expected us to have unearthed four and a half months after the fact. The second point I would make is is the policy implications of this, and Tom alluded to it earlier, are, are significant. However much one might have been tempted to sort of brush this aside as a, as a political effort by Republicans to embarrass the administration – Four months ago, if you were, say, a writer for the New York Times, you can no longer do that. I mean, we now know that you have arms flowing from Libya or had or have arms flowing from Libya to places like Mali, to places like Algeria. You have terrorist overlap in the attacks in Algeria, the attacks in Benghazi. You have groups like Ansar al-Sharia Tunisia that that uh, have at least part partial coordination with the groups in, in the attacks in Benghazi, if not uh, – sort of uh, full cooperation. And it's clear that there is no policy from the administration in that part of the world and that there needs to be one. And we need to get serious about these things. The fact that there isn't right now suggests that Republicans have a pretty clear um, policy agenda pursue and, and questions that they should demand to have answered. We have to wrap it up right there, guys. Great job. Thanks so much for joining us on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for updated podcasts. I'm your host, Michael Graham.